Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. We're your hosts, Giuseppe Corallo. And Jasmine Petty. And today, we have a very special guest with us, fellow Grey's fan and former social worker, Kayla Jackson. Hi, Kayla. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. We're super excited to have you here. So welcome yeah. to the show. We're very excited to be for you to be here today with us. So thank you to everyone for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about this week's episode of Grey's Anatomy entitled With a Little Help from My Friends. So if you haven't seen the episode, there are spoilers ahead. But Kayla, why don't you start off by introducing yourself and how you got it and how you got into the show? Yeah, of course. So like you mentioned, I'm an ex-social worker. Um, and I got into the show, I was even thinking back. So, you know, it started in 2005. I was just starting high school. Um, and I just somehow got hooked onto it and I was so, so into it, at least for the first probably 13 or 14 seasons, I was very, very invested. Um, it was just such a such a helpful moment for me as I was going through high school and emerging into early adulthood to have this well-written cast of characters and all of their different ways that they show up in the world. Like it was, it was just really helpful for me. Um, I loved all the storylines. Christina Yang is my all-time favorite. Me too. All-time favorite. Just, I love Christina Yang. Um, And I think the runner up would be Maggie Pierce. I loved Maggie. Mm. And I think in particular, both of them, I think, were, they felt like they were authentic people. Like, they felt like they would be authentic surgeons that kind of, like, are not the most emotionally intelligent and aware, but are very thoughtful people, which I appreciated. Um, because I think my biggest critique of the show is that they're all social workers. Like, this is not how, as an ex-social worker, this is not how surgeons operate. Like, it's not and, right. Yeah. And it might be how some surgeons operate. I'm not saying that they don't exist at all, but I will say that in my background, they were certainly not operating in this way. And the social workers that were on the show were horrific. Like they were just, they were <laughs> just this, they were the worst. They were the villain. They loved paperwork and they love to take away children. And it was like, what is going on? That is the last thing that a social worker ever wants to do. So that aside, um, Christina and Maggie are by far my favorite characters and storyline wise, they were, they were some of my favorite storylines. And you said Kayla, that you were an avid watcher for the first 13, 14 years. And then what happened? Yeah, I kind of, I just, I fell off of it. It got really, Derek was a huge reason why I was like, oof, I don't know about this anymore. And then Christina leaving was kind of like, okay, <laughs> I don't yeah. know if I can keep engaging with the storyline. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of pieces. I think that, and I follow a lot of the, the actors and people like I'm, you know, I love Shonda Land. I watched just about all the spinoffs except for some of these recent ones. Um, but I think a combination of Derek, Christina and Callie leaving and the ways that they have left were kind of just like, oof, I don't know if I can keep going on this uh, roller coaster. <laughs> so I've been like back and forth. I've like stopped it. I've restarted it. I've stopped it again. I've come back. I'm not as committed as I was in those early seasons. Yeah, I feel I feel like that too, especially since like you mentioned the first 13, 14 seasons. Season 15 was tough to get through. I liked the first half of that season. The second half was like, like watching a car crash. It was just, oof. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel you there. I feel you. Yeah. And I don't know if you all uh, read Shonda's Year of Yes book, but she talks. I love about- that book. That book changed my life. I loved it too. I, love I brought it to our book club. They were, they were not a fan. <laughs> but Why? Uh, you know, I think that they, I think that they critiqued Shonda for being a little bit too, um, she the way she talked about athlete talk and the way that she wrote the book they felt like she was engaging in athlete talk through a good chunk of the book which I can kind of see right I understand that um but I loved the book and I just I loved how she explained how she you know is continuing the she's laying out the tracks right like the train's coming you got to lay out the tracks for the new storyline and I loved that comparison that she made with what she does with the writing but it did feel like she was running out of tracks and was just kind of like going in weird directions um 
so yeah, but I, I loved the book. I appreciate Shonda. I'm also very critical of her. Um, and that is out of love. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so you came back to the show and who's your favorite couple right now? Oh, who's my favorite couple? Hmm. Tough question, right? Yeah. Cause I don't know if I have one. I don't know if I have a favorite couple. I mean, so what about Megan? Weiss? Yeah. I was going to say that Maggie finding love is, is nice and and helpful for me. I did have an issue with the fact that she seemed to really, really struggle um, in ways that I think Christina didn't, mm-hmm. which I was kind of curious as to why, right? Like why that's the choice that Maggie's going to have the tumultuous and really hard love life. Not that Christina didn't, but I just think that, I don't know, there are just interesting things going on there with Maggie and with uh, desirability and the idea of, of her being also romantic and also somebody that people would want to be with so I'm glad that she is married um I missed her in this episode it was like oh she's yeah what the heck it is was she like what <laughs> yeah I, mean, I know the actress is pregnant but like when they first you know when the first show first came back to filming you know she was all a part of the photos she was doing interviews and so I thought okay she's going to be a little less present because she's pregnant obviously mm-hmm. but you know they've worked on other um actresses pregnancies before both the men gave them time off and it's like, I mean, she was in the premiere and then she's just kind of been MIA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, she, I've been missing her too. She hasn't, she wasn't my favorite character when she was first introduced and the plot line in season 13 was just ridiculous. But post that, I've really enjoyed her character. I feel like she's grown a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So yeah, and I feel like I'm, I'm missing her, like her absence is, is being felt. I'm, I'm missing that. Yeah, me too. And also I miss all their scenes with Amelia. I think that she and Amelia have great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. feel like sisters. So yeah, I miss her too. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess couple wise, yeah, I would go with I would go with Maggie and Winston when you know, whenever we see Maggie again. Yeah. <laughs> she shows back up. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. So we should start talking about this episode, but we thought we do. Jasmine, do you want to do the usual 30 second recap? Yep. Count me down. Yes. Three, two, one, go. This week on Grey's Anatomy, Richard recruits Meredith and Bailey to help him launch a new program to get the resident surgical skills up to par. Addison's clinical trial patient experiences complications, and she turns to Amelia for help, and Joe and Karina treat a woman who goes into premature labor. Meanwhile, Owen and Winston treat another burn pit patient, and Hayes treats Megan's son, Farouk, after she becomes concerned at how winded he's been lately. Ta-da. Ta-da. Well, so this was an interesting episode for sure. And I really loved the theme of this episode, which was, you know, how you can get things, you can do things by yourself, but having someone next to you helping you is actually great. So I really like the theme of the episode. And I have to say that I loved the Weber storyline. Kayla, what about you? What did you think about, you know, this Weber method? Yeah, I liked it. I think that in some ways, um, at least watching this episode, it kind of felt like a full circle back to what some of original Grey's was about. Um, My friend and I talk about this all the time. We have like a distinction between like old Grey's and new Grey's. Um, And I think that the Weber method and just his role in this episode kind of felt kind of old grace again, mm-hmm. um, which was, which was nice. It was comforting to see. So I did, I enjoyed that piece of it. I enjoyed his storyline. I enjoyed seeing Catherine Fox again. I love Debbie Allen so much. So it's always exciting to see her back on the screen. But didn't you think this method, even though I loved it, didn't you think that it resembled a little bit, the, I mean, a lot, the Eliza, Eliza Minnick one, the one Weber criticized so much with, you know, attendings and uh, with residents being left alone to operate. Do you remember the storyline? Yeah. yeah. Now that you say that, yeah. Isn't it weird? I mean, he was so against her and her method of teaching. And now he's doing like the exact same thing, right? Right, right. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I didn't make that connection, but it is. It does feel like it's a complete 180 without any explanation on Weber's end of like, now I, you know, now I see that this makes sense. Yeah, it does feel very... <laughs> I mean, I, I'm okay with the storyline. Maybe he could have said something like, oh, now I get why she, she was doing what she was doing because, you know, these residents ha- want to get taught smart in a smarter way, not in a harder way, as he says. Mm-hmm. So 
Jasmine, what do you think about it? Yeah, I didn't make that connection. I mean, I'd have to go back and watch that storyline, but if I'm remembering correctly, I think part of the reason they were so against Minnick was, you know, she came in and, uh, you know, it was, it was like my her way or the highway. Um, she didn't bother. She wasn't there to make friends. She didn't bother to really get to know anybody. And so I think per that, people were always going to be against her. Also, I think the difference here, like if I remember correctly, like the residents were there, but they were being like left on their own. Like there, I think the issue was they weren't having proper supervision because the other, um, like the attendings and everybody wasn't on board. Whereas he got Meredith and Bailey on board with him. So he made sure they had proper supervision. Also, yeah, but they were alone in the room. This time, they, th these residents are alone. Instead, yeah. with the Munich method, a resident, uh, an attending was always there in the operating room. So it's mm. been weirder, I guess. Yeah. One thing I do think is different about this is that, if I remember that storyline correctly, part of the problem was that like one of the residents, I think, I think it might be Stephanie, but she loses a patient. And it turns out Minnick has so little experience, she's unable to even comfort her. Oh, and she yeah. tells, yeah, she has Arizona that like, oh, she treated old people or like sports injuries. And so she lacks the skill. So Richard has to step in. So like, I think something different here is that like, you know, barely takes the time to talk to Helm afterwards. They're actively supporting them. They're not making them feel like crap. Um, whereas Medic, like, like, yeah, because you're right that it is basically the same idea, but that, you know, when something went wrong, Minnick basically just peaced out, couldn't handle it, whereas Richard had to take over because she was apparently, she had such little life experience. She'd never comforted a resident who had lost a, like a child, like yeah. a, like a young sure. patient. And like, I think that was a moment where everybody was like, if you didn't hate Minnick before, you hated her after that episode. Cause <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit weird. This kind of, maybe the, the the big difference is also that the Eliza Minik, the attending, the, the residents could do any kind of surgery instead yeah. of taking step by step. So for now, it's just a simple procedure, and then you know it's gonna step up the game. I mean, it's gonna make them step up their yeah. game. Yeah, and so if maybe I the big difference. Yeah. Also, I feel like I'm I'm not remember. I don't remember exactly, but I think doesn't Weber say that he, you know, that these residents have been in their programs for a while, but they've lost time because of COVID. I don't, maybe, Kat, I don't know if you remember, like I don't remember where the residents were in their programs when Minnick was there, if they were at an earlier or later stage. Oh yeah. I I mean, I feel like what I remember is that they were in an earlier stage. Yeah. I think, wasn't that like, I think Alex took an issue with it because he's like, these people aren't ready. I'm not letting them operate right. on kids. Right. And then of course a kid dies right. and Minnick's like, oh my God, as if that hadn't occurred to her. Whereas Weber started them off with something, if I understood correctly, they should have been able to do already, but they couldn't because, except for Schmidt, because like they'd lost so much time when surgeries were canceled due to, due to COVID. Mm -hmm. So if I understood that correctly, but again, I don't remember that original storyline very, like, very well. Yeah, right. So I know we were talking about earlier before we, when we started recording was uh, your thoughts on, on Bailey, Bailey's character development or, or, or lack thereof. Uh, kind of in this episode in this season thus far do you want to uh, share your thoughts on that with our listeners yeah definitely you know I I loved Bailey as a character I think that again I'm always anything that I love I'm going to critique I'm going to have some type of lens on it that I'm viewing it with and I loved that Bailey was a fully formed character and person um, I love that as a black woman she got to show up fully um, and she wasn't just the, uh, you know, for, for the, she wasn't that watered down kind of mammy stereotype that a lot of older black women actresses like herself would be put into. She was able to feel, you know, emotion. She was able to be upset. She was able to be there and show complexity to the other residents. Mm -hmm. um, and there are monologues of Bailey's that I will never forget that I just thought that, you know, that actress delivers very, Chandra, I believe her name is delivered very well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just, I loved Bailey. I loved her power. I loved that her power was not always present in her whole life, right? Like that she had to come into her power through her residency. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was just such a great storyline. I, you know, I loved her when she was with her first husband and how that relationship ended. Now she found love again. Like all of it was just so compelling. And even in the later seasons when she had, um, when she was having issues with her heart and she went to that other hospital and they were viewing her you know, they were downplaying her condition. 
mm-hmm. as most black women experience when they're going through the medical field. Like I thought that was, that was an important storyline as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then she just, it just felt like she just kind of stopped. Like it just felt like the Shonda kind of stopped laying tracks for her. And it was just kind of like, eh, we'll just have her in the background, just kind of being sassy and being like, I don't like it. And just kind of like moving <laughs> on. And I was like, what is happening? Like, this is not, Bailey doesn't just sit there and just say, I don't like it and has no context or reasoning behind it that is rooted in a lens that that hospital always needs. Like, I just think that, yeah, I don't know. She has just kind of become more and more surface level and a more of a like caricature of herself, which I I just barely deserved better than that, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Kayla. And I also think that, for example, in season 16, when when Bailey got pregnant, I was really surprised that by that twist, I didn't expect her to be to get pregnant. And I think that, you know, when she lost the baby, I was so sad for her. And I was ready to see her grieve this loss mm-hmm. and to go on that journey with her. Instead, it seems like the writers glossed over it and she was over it in a few episodes and she adopted another, you know, another boy, which was beautiful. But I, I, I think that the writers could have, you know, investigated more in what was happening in her head, in their pay. I mean... They could have let us see more of her pain. So yeah, I agree with you. I don't know what they're doing with their character. I think that she's suff- that she's suffering as a character on Grace because you know her on-screen partner is in another show, the spin-off Station 19. So they're, they're also a stable couple. So nothing you know too dramatic can happen to the two of them because mm-hmm. they are they're too stable as a couple in this Grace universe. So I think that's why she's suffering. And again. I think all the original characters, Bailey, Richard, and Meredith, Meredith, are actually suffering because also be, and they have little screen time, if you think about it, because, you know, we have been with them for 17, for more than now it's 17 years, 18 seasons. Mm-hmm. So maybe the writers don't know what to do with them, you know, as, as they used to. So maybe this is what's happening. What do you think, Jasmine? Do you have your opinion, some opinion about that? Yeah, I mean, I didn't think of Bailey in the way you were talking until Kayla, I think, brought it up. But I'm definitely been, but you're right. And I, I've definitely been feeling that for other characters where, you know, I'm talking to other people and they're like, I feel like they don't know what to do with them. And I was like, yeah, which is really frustrating because, you know, they had such a great setup coming off of season 16 and season 17. And all there's all these things I was excited for with this new season. And it feels like they're, they're just not, apart from like Teddy and Owen, getting married and like getting their happy ending. Like, I feel like they haven't really delivered on anything that they've been building up or promising or teasing for the last few seasons. And even if they don't know where to go with these characters, which is odd because they have so much backstory, they have so much depth, they have so much to work with. And it feels like, I'm like, oh, if you've run out of ideas, like hire some new people, like do something. Cause like, it's like, they're just, like you said, they're just kind of coaxing. They're just kind of floating around in there. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the attachment to a lot of the new characters I do to the old ones. With some exceptions, like I love Hayes. He's one of my new favorite characters. Mm. Um, I dig Winston. I really like, well, I'm not Link, liking Link this season, but normally I like Link a lot. Um, so it's not that the newer characters can't have depth. It's just that um, I feel like they're focusing on characters that I don't know very well, that I'm not very attached to. And I feel like the original characters aren't, you know, aren't getting the the storylines that they deserve. Um mm-hmm. So I, I agree with Kayla on that one. I'm I'm similarly uh, frustrated um, because the writers don't seem to know what to do, which is I feel like an issue they should have addressed over the summer, not gotten this many episodes into the season and then been like, oh no, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, as much as I agree with Kayla about Bailey, I have to say that I think that they, they're doing a good job right now, these writers. They, I mean, they did a terrible job, I think, because of COVID in season 17. But now it's like, I mean, to me, it feels like, I mean, they have a goal. They, they have a path and they're following that path. So I, I, as you know, Jasmine, I disagree with you in this sense because I think this season has a tighter pace than the last one. And I think that, of course, they changed completely from what they were showing us. So I, I think they changed their minds about where they were going. But I, I, I like this new, this new path, which I think it's gonna take us right to the end of Grey's Anatomy, but who knows. And speaking about original characters, well, Edison was back in this episode as well. 
And this time she was in a more contained storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, she just interacted with Amelia. And as much as loved the two of them, I have to say that I'm pretty pissed off about it. I mean, you have Edison coming back and of course it is a big deal. And then why do you close her in this storyline? I mean, of course I, want, I wanted to see Amelia and Edison interacting, but I wanted to see Edison making a bigger splash with entire staff of the hospital, you know? Mm-hmm. I want her to share scenes with Bailey, for example, uh, some more scene with Meredith and, and Richard. I wanted her to interact with other characters as well. So I really didn't, didn't get their choice to, you know, put these two women, even though they're super close, just in this contained storyline, separated from everything else. I, I thought that, you know, lessened the impact of Edison Return. What do you yeah. think about it? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I think that it, it does seem like it was kind of used as kind of like bait, right? To bring back in people of like, ooh, Addison. Okay, I yeah. like Addison, right? Like it, because I loved Addison Montgomery, loved her storyline, loved that actress. Um, and I was obsessed with private, private practice. I loved that spinoff. I thought that they tackled a lot of fascinating topics. Um, but yeah, her coming back did feel a little lackluster. Um, I do love that her and Amelia were able to kind of have this moment of like, wow, look how far we've come because I, I'm sure they've had other scenes, but the most salient scene I remember between her and Amelia is on the private practice piece when um, Amelia was actively using and they were staging a very intense intervention. Oh yeah, uh, that scene is, oh, that scene is a it lot. It was a lot, it was a lot. So to go from that to see to see Amelia where she's at and to see Addison where she is at as well, um, that was nice. But yeah, Addison had a very like loving relationship with Weber, right? They did, they did, did they even speak? I don't know if they even crossed paths at all. Um, and like you were saying to Giuseppe, like they, did she even talk to Bailey? Like, did anybody, right? Like it does, it did seem like it was very, it's just going to be focused on Addison and Shepard and like barely focusing on the long, long lengthy history that Addison and Meredith have. Um, Yeah, Mm. it was, it was interesting. It was interesting that they took the route of, we're just going to view Addison as the new residents would view her, right? With all the like, oh, I heard this thing happened. And oh, I heard about this other piece. Um, which felt pretty limiting because obviously Addison was a very key part of Grey's for a very long time. Yeah, I, I'm i with you on that one. Um, and I also found it like, a bit like I enjoyed her scenes with Amelia, but I think and I've said this before and I, I really felt in this episode, the music choices have been really weird this season. Mm. And they're pulling me out of it. Like that last scene with them, with Amelia and Addison at the elevators, it was supposed to pack an emotional punch. But what, I mean... I don't know if other people felt this way, but I felt like the music mixing was off because it felt like the song was louder than their voices. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of hard to hear them. And so like, th- and I think that's what's affecting the pacing for me. Well. It's not just the dialogue, but things that should have a big emotional punch because of what's being said and the history of the characters aren't having it for me because one, they're self-contained, like you said, but also I'm finding that, you know, the music choice, the pacing of the scenes feels off. And so things that like should be hitting me right in the gut aren't and I guess I was yeah I would have liked to see I was interacting with other characters I don't know I just felt like I felt that they I said this last week but they could have gone further with Addison you know they could have gone delve deeper into stuff they could have gone further and I, I, I kind of like what you said about Bailey I feel like it was very surface level you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah and, and another thing that I don't get is you know do you remember that in the past we had, we had all these you know lunch scenes all together and you know so everyone had their own separate storyline and then they all came together having lunch telling each other what was going in their other's life and it made the show uh, more cohesive you know because mm-hmm. even though everyone had their story they still interact everyone interacted with everyone else now it's like we have Amelia and Edison doing their thing, and then we have Weber, Bailey, and Meredith doing their thing, and then we have Megan, Ace, and Farouk having their thing. You know, it's all very separated. Like there, and this has happened for the past, I mean, few seasons, maybe since season fifteen. So yeah, that was. I don't know why they chose to. They choose to do that, and I don't know yeah, why. 
Because if I understand their post-COVID world correctly, the cafeteria would now be back to a cafeteria. So there's mm -hmm. no reason they couldn't all be drinking milkshakes. So there's nothing stopping them, right? Like, yeah. unless I misunderstood the whole setup. <laughs> yeah, but they haven't done the cafeteria scene since, I think, like season, I don't know, season 14, 14. maybe? 14? I, 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 yeah. I... Yeah, that's interesting that you bring it up because there, yeah, there doesn't seem to be any type of, for it to be the episode focused on community focused on getting a little help from your friends there was no joining of the whole group right it was all yeah. pretty siloed yeah yeah, hmm. yeah absolutely yeah. like everybody doesn't know anything about i mean it's like it's like do everybody know about the weber method apart from meredith and and bailey of course they do know but why don't we see other people talking about it mm. you know in, a, in an early episode, I mean, we, we would have seen, you know, everybody being like, oh, what's going on? Why is Weber doing that? Everybody would chime in with their opinions. And now this doesn't happen. Speaking of Edison and Amelia being in their bubble, well, this meant that we didn't get to see any scenes between Edison and Joe and Edison and Karina. Um, and, and as you know, the Joe and Karina had a, a nice storyline this, in this episode. I mean, especially Joe. Uh, what do you think about it? Did you were you sad that you didn't get to see more interaction between Edison and Joe? Yeah, because I well, <laughs> I know this also is not what we're talking about. I'm just still not really over how Karev left and how Joe is just kind <gasps> of like twisting in the wind. Like I just to be with Izzy, come on, I can't. Anyways, but <laughs> yeah, it would have been nice for Joe to have more of a moment with Addison um and honestly I might I might have to put Joe also in that list of characters that are kind of like what are we gonna do what's happening what's their storyline um mm -hmm. because Joe was Joe for me was a newer character that I really got behind I really liked her um and got attached to what was happening in her life so for her to not have a you know yeah some type of follow-up connection with Addison does feel like a missed opportunity for sure yeah, because they yeah. set it up like that's my issue with the season two. They keep setting things up and then dropping them. And there's going to be a little bit of that. You can't fit in everything. But like the previous episode, you know, Joe came to introduce herself. Addison didn't realize who she was. So she asked for a coffee. And I was expecting a follow up there where, you know, like maybe Joe's talking to Meredith and Meredith introduces her because, I mean, you know, Addison would probably know who Joe is in the periphery sense, you know, Amelia would have, you know, when Alex, when they got married, you know, would have said something, you know, when they were chatting. But, you know, Joe looks and introduces herself very differently than the person she would have heard about in the past. So I was expecting like some follow up there, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then nothing. And I'm like, also, like, Joe was excited to meet her. Obviously, she's just switched specialties. Addison is a pioneer in her field. And, in, and it's not even clear if Karina meets her. So these, you know, this person who just switched specialties and Karina, who's also, you know, she came to Grace for that groundbreaking study and they're not interacting with the country's top, like fetal neonatal medicine, like surgeon. I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And also I, I agree with Kayla when she says that it seems like the writers don't know how, what they're doing with Joe's character in, right now, because you know, I think the problem with these writers, if they if they don't if they don't have a character falling in love, they don't know what to do with that character. So mm -hmm. even though we're supposed to see Joe as you know a single parent and they're struggling between you know the balance between work and being a new mom, we don't see that. I mean, I know that because I see what two or three scenes and because I read interviews. Otherwise, she she just seems like a background character. And again, I, I really hope that they give more space to Joe, and I really hope they give her a new love interest because I think it would be interesting to see Joe fall in love again. Mm -hmm. um, and last season, I was, I was very much against Joe and Ace. You know, they, they shared some scenes and people talked about their chemistry, and I was, I didn't agree with that. I was like, no, they don't have chemistry. But in this episode, you know, Joe shared a scene with Ace, and I was like. Hmm. maybe I don't know and then I saw that the writers are taking the ace character in another direction with, with Megan and oh, I have to nausea. say that <laughs> I hate it I just hate what they're doing to ace character I mean 
why are they pairing him up with, uh, with Megan Ant? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. What do you think? Oh, man. I think <laughs> this could also be because, again, I have, in the later seasons, I really have fallen in and out um, with Grace. So when I saw, I was like, oh, okay, all right, they're planting seeds for Megan and Hayes. I mean, sure, I guess. Why not? I guess I wasn't, I didn't have the immediate reaction of like, what are they doing? Yeah. Um, I probably would if I was following more intently in those past seasons but I was like I mean uh sure whatever fine yeah uh uh-huh they can they can bond they can get together talk about what it means to be raising older kids I guess (laughs) something that's really bothering me this season is so in past seasons because happy will know this but like you know he would say stuff and I talked to other people who would feel frustrated every time you know Hayes was in a scene scene with Joe or sometimes with Link because they're like no we want Meredith and Hayes together we want Amelia and Link together and to me, I never felt this because to me, like the scenes always felt platonic and the idea of, you know, Joe getting with either of those characters to me just felt ridiculous. So like, you know, I was able to watch those scenes fine, but I know other people like Giuseppe and other friends I talked to, you know, would feel distracted in those scenes being like, oh, I hope they're not going down that road. And I was always fine with it. But then this season where they're, it's looked like they're trying to set up, you know, Meredith and Nick. And so back in Seattle, you have Hayes interacting with Joe and Megan. And every time he's in a scene with those characters, I feel nauseated, which, and it's so distracting because like the scene between Megan and Hayes should have actually been very, emo- like, I think should have been very emotional. You know, she's just found out her son is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, he's already been through so much and the actress did a great job. And even in the scene, the film, like the beginning scene with Joe and Hayes and the, and the pregnant woman was kind of funny, but I was so distracted by being like, I swear to God, if they go down this route, like, I will never forgive them. Like the idea of those parents is just nauseating to me. <laughs> so it's so distracting. And I think it does such a disservice to the actors because like, I like I think the guy who plays Hayes does a great job. I thought Megan did a great job in this episode. Joe, I think is really good at comedy. And so I think she did a good job as well. And that should be the focus. The focus should be, look at how great these actors are doing with the material. Not, oh my God, the potential of this makes me nauseous and I am distracted and I can't even pay attention to the storyline. And that's one of my big issues with this season is that like, because I got Meredith running around in, in stupid Minnesota with Nick and this stupid project, every other scene is just, I'm like, oh, frick, they're not going that route, are they? Like, it's so distracting. Mm-hmm. So distracting. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, I don't agree with you this year, but I get, I get what I say. L- last year, as Jasmine said, every time Joe and 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 Ace shared a scene, I all, always wrote messages to, to Jasmine. Like, do you remember Jasmine? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh they had a scene no no they're gonna happen and you were like no be calm I'm optimistic nothing will happen everything will be fine the way I was like no no just me so yeah yeah I I I get what what you're saying and again I really don't get why we should be so invested in the Megan character I I I really don't guys I'm I'm sorry I just I I cannot yeah yeah that that makes sense too I really thought that Megan could have after you know post-surgery Megan really could have been okay, that's a wrap. Megan is now going to go, you know, live somewhere else, call it a day. Um, And I think that's also because for me personally, I have really never been that big of a fan of Owen Hunt and his storyline. I'm with you on that one. Never been an Owen fan because everybody feels differently and that's fine. But yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm very, like, I'm usually very bored to tears with Owen. I'm like, okay, I, I don't, I just don't have it in me. Him and Yang, I was like chaos, pure chaos. <laughs> but oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think anything that is stemming out of the Hunt storyline, I'm not really going to be too interested in, which I think is also why I had not much to really give around Megan connecting with Hayes. Cause I was just like, I, I guess, yeah. which is, I think in general, all the like, like you're mentioning earlier, Giuseppe, if like, if the writers aren't putting together a love story, they're not really sure what to do with them I think that's why I also don't necessarily have a favorite couple or love story right now because all of it just feels like I guess like I don't know like I yeah. I'm not as excited about it like random pairings yeah, yeah exactly like it's not spark like it's not like not ooing and all and being like oh can't wait for next week you're like I guess this is what we're doing yeah like maybe I'll make toast like that's your kind of feeling about it like do but I want I'll- toast maybe I'll make a bagel I don't know like that's it's kind of like I guess. Well, there is one couple on the show right now. With I mean, a potential couple right now on this show with amazing chemistry. Jasmine, only and, to you. 
<laughs> no, 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 not only to me. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I know, and I know, but yeah, I didn't think about Owen Hunt. I mean, I have to say, it's not that I love the guy because I don't, but I he feels to me like he's a great character, like because he's so he feels so real with all his flows, you know. And you said that Christina and Owen were pure cows. That's true, they were. But God, they were so fascinating to watch. Mm. You, you know, they had such great chemistry and, and Owens can be toxic, but you know, he's also so, so human. And I, I, I like characters that just feel like real characters making mistakes. So that's why I like Owen. And, but again, I am not that interested in Megan. And maybe, you know what, maybe this is why, maybe I will never like Megan because she took away Riggs from Meredith. And I have to say that oh. I was a big, big fan of Meredith and Riggs. So, so, maybe this why, so this is maybe why I will never like Megan Hunt. I, I don't know. It's just a guess. But yeah, no, definitely. I also was. Yeah, I was. I was also. I liked the Riggs Meredith setup. Yeah. Yeah. Like the plane yeah. episode. That was well done. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. That being said, so I said this last week, but I, the fact that they're giving Owen a storyline outside of his messy love life, I do appreciate because that's just exhausting. And him having like an actual real story about, you know, helping veterans have a real issue. Like it's a tough issue to talk about, but I'm, I'm glad that they're highlighting it. And while I'm missing Maggie right now on the show, I do like that Winston is getting his own storylines outside of her because mm-hmm. that was kind of missing last season. And so it was nice seeing one thing I do did like about this episode was um, it was nice seeing, you know, characters that we haven't seen work together before get a chance to work together. Like I felt like when Link came in, they really did integrate him into the cast, whereas Winston and Hayes felt very separated. Like Winston was always with Maggie and Hayes was always interacting with Meredith. And that was kind of it. Whereas mm-hmm. one, one thing I did like is we saw Winston and Owen work together. Um, in this episode and we saw them kind of you know getting to know each other and at the end of this episode Owen was like I just don't want to go home man um, you know, do you want to grab a beer and he was like yeah sure and so we're seeing more bonding start to happen and those characters being integrated a bit more which I felt like was really missing over the last couple of seasons with those characters so I did enjoy that so yeah like I well I think it was a tough storyline like I'm, I'm never going to be super invested in Owen um, mm-hmm. I did appreciate that they did make an effort to give him a storyline outside of his love life and you see him interacting with some of the newer characters more and getting to know them a bit better. So um, I did appreciate that. Yeah. And I think it's somewhat realistic, right? That as someone, you know, with Mm -hmm. Owen serving, that that's a realistic connection that he would maybe go the extra mile with this particular scenario. Yeah. Um, Again, it's less so the like, the way that they go the extra mile with their advocacy work, I think is like, okay, no way. But this, I'm like, okay, I can understand this connection. He said very clearly, this is a very personal piece for him. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I would rather watch Owen doing that than being in some new messy love life. Like I just, I can't with Owen in a relationship. It's just- Yeah, I'm I'm with you. And like the previous episode, um, so I have a friend, Amy, that we, we watched together. And we both said this at like, when he showed up at Noah's house, I'm like, oh my God, leave the guy alone. Because like I felt like he was overstepping there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, he did follow up. Um, and, you know, he is going that extra mile to help because it is a personal issue to him. So, you know, like like you said, like, you know, they're doing all the work that... Um, so we had um, a previous guest who was a former nurse who said a similar thing where, you know, these doctors are doing a lot of the work that's actually normally done by nurses or... Mm-hmm social workers um i think because they're you know you can only focus on so many characters and you can't show the entire hospital ecosystem um i guess is is possibly why um but that they're doing a lot of that work themselves that other people would normally be doing Mm -hmm. um which to me is a contrast to i don't know if you've ever seen er i think it's a contrast between the different types of shows where you know show like er the hospital is the main character and then the characters exist within it right so you do see that full ecosystem Whereas mm-hmm. on the show like Grey and some other medical shows, you know, they center the doctors, they center the surgeons, they center the nurses, and then they do all the jobs that are normally done by a whole team of people. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like what you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, they def- there used to be a lot more focus on the nurses, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think in earlier Grey's nurses had a lot of, you know, secondary storylines that you could follow. Um, but yeah, they've definitely kind of phased 
that piece out as well. I mean, they never got it right with the social workers. Like the only time that they did was when the doctor, um, I'm blanking on his name, but it was the, in the pediatric ward who everyone didn't like, who had accurate commentary about a social worker. It was like, okay, yeah, great that you're saying this, but you're saying this out of this guy that no (laughs) one appreciates. Like, so how am I supposed to- The guy that, um, was that the guy that like, him and April were friends and she didn't realize he was into her? Yes. Dr. Stark. Stark, yes. Stark, so Dr. Yes. Stark was the only one who was like, a social worker is not trying to snatch a baby. Like that's the last thing that a bleeding heart social worker would want to do. And it's like, uh-huh, but why is it coming out of his mouth? Like <laughs> the guy we don't like. <laughs> right. It's like we're supposed to, I mean, how are we supposed to take what he's saying with any type of weight? We have we are set up to not appreciate him. So ugh. yeah. 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 It is yeah. tough. Yeah. And then finally, we get to the last scene of the episode, which sees Meredith arriving in Minnesota and Meredith having, you know, an encounter with Nick Marsh. Okay, Kayla, you have to know that Jasmine and I are in very two, as you might have understood, we're in two very different positions because I love Meredith and Nick. I I mean, I loved Meredith and Ace, but right now I think that Meredith and Nick have that natural chemistry chemistry that happens just once in a lifetime. But, you know, to Meredith, it's, it's actually happening twice since she already had this amazing chemistry with Eric Shepard. And now I think she has this amazing chemistry with Nick. So I'm really excited to see what happens between the two of them. And that last scene, the way they smile at each other, the music, uh, the way he touches her, her arm. I think that, that was very beautiful. But I know that Jasmine is like, does not like the two of them and she's more prone towards Meredith and Ace. But what about you, Kayla? Do you have a favorite pairing? How do you feel? Do you feel this introduction was sudden or do you think there is chemistry? What do you think about that? Yeah, I definitely think that there was definitely chemistry in that scene. It didn't feel like it was some type of forced interaction. I'm still pulling back on the greater piece of like, do does Meredith have to have another great love like Mm -hmm. does that have to be a part of her storyline because what I would be more interested in seeing is her and Hayes developing a deep friendship like I just think that they're Shonda has always kind of danced on these intersections that are interesting to talk about and she has a big enough platform where she could just focus on what it means to have a platonic friendship that is like deep and intimate but not necessarily romantic in nature um because I just I don't know I just don't think that I don't know if I have it in me to watch Meredith go through another relationship I mean it just feels like there's been so many other people that were trying to be like oh but this is like her and Derek oh this is like her and Derek and I just yeah Nick doesn't really do it enough for me for me to want to see what happens next with that like I didn't necessarily leave the episode being like oh I can't wait to see how that relationship unfolds I would much rather her have more just like community-based relationships because I don't know I just don't really know if you can recreate Meredith's level of engagement with Derek and I don't know even if you can that I would really want to see it you know like I yeah. love Meredith, and also it's like, all right, Meredith. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am. I, I think actually that I really want another big love for Meredith. I really, I really hope that we get it by the end of this series because, you know, Meredith is a different character from everyone else. She's not Christina Yang. She and also I don't want her. You know, her path since the beginning has been. You know, she's very different from Alice Gray. I think that is her major storyline. She. She's everything but ordinary and, and she can be extraordinary in a different way from her mother. So for her to end up with no love, it's not like that she cannot be without, an, with a, without a man. Of course she can. She's Meredith Grey and no woman needs a man to validate herself, of course. But, you know, I, I think he sends a positive message out there, you know, that even if you lose a great love, you, you know, you will never forget that great love, of course. But this doesn't mean that another great love will come into your life. I mean, Meredith is a young woman. Why would she have, have to give up on romance? I mean, she, she's not that type of character. She, she likes to be, she, she likes to be in a relationship. But I mean, not maybe in a relationship, but you know, to have that kind of interaction. So I, I really hope that, 
I don't know if it's going to be Nick. I don't know if it's going to be Ace. But I really hope that by the end of the series, she's with with someone because I I really need, I really need to know that you know after all this she has found her happy ending again. Not because a man is an happy ending for for Meredith, but I think as as she says perfectly in this episode, just because you can do something alone doesn't mean that you have to do it all by yourself. You can help out. So I think that would be a great way to to end this series. That's why I'm so invested in Meredith and Nick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see that. I understand that. I think that, yeah, I don't know. I think I'd be very, I just would love to see her experience a different type of love, right? To her to be in community and to just have a strong network of people despite losing these key pieces of her community, right? Like losing Derek, losing Christina. I mean, and, and I think that, And I think it's also because as much as I loved the Derek Meredith story, I just loved so much the friendship between her and Christina. And I'm missing, I am missing the relationship that she had where she just had that friend that was just as strong, just as formidable, just as extraordinary. And they also were just such key supports for each other. Like I miss that more for Meredith than I do her having a romantic ending with Hayes or Nick or whoever else they want to introduce. Yeah. yeah. I also love the, I also love their friendship and I also really loved their friendship with Alex as well. So Alex, Christina, and Meredith mm-hmm. are my three favorite characters of the whole series. And so I'm feeling his absence too. And yeah, I'm kind of on the opposite side of this to, uh, to Giuseppe in that, you know, I've, I got really invested in Meredith and Hayes because, you know, I, I liked, like I liked Meredith with Riggs and then that ended and I was heartbroken. And then you know, they had to go to a bunch of blind dates, never really went anywhere. Um, I hated the whole Link, DeLuca, Triangle thing. That was just stupid. Oh, gosh. So odd. So uh, weird. Made no sense. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, of course she's going to pick Link because he's like the mature adult here. DeLuca, like, can barely get, keep his crap together. And then she picked DeLuca and they never explained why. Mm-hmm. And then he got sick and then she kept, you know, trying to be there for him. And they waited to the end of that storyline to explain that she, it was because she felt guilty. And I'm like, all right, what the heck? And so... They introduced Hayes, and so, like, he was sent as a gift from Christina. You know, they established that connection. Um, you know, they'd been through a similar experience with losing their spouses and having to raise kids by themselves. I mean, not totally by themselves. They have help, but, you know. And so I got really invested, and I kept waiting for that payoff. And so to get to this season, I was so excited for that payoff and for, you know, million links to work their crap out and better than Hayes to finally get together. So to get bitch-slapped by that premiere, <laughs> and the, the following episodes of, like, Nope, everything you've been waiting for for like two, three, four seasons not happening may never happen. I'm really not digging this season because of that, because I've, you know, I was so excited for all these things and they're just not happening. And I don't know if they're ever going to happen or, you know, in the way I want them to. Um, And I just, I felt like Nick's, you know, reintroduction was extremely sudden to me. It came out of left field. I don't feel the chemistry. I felt it the first time he showed up. I don't feel it this time. And I just feel like they're wasting our time on storylines that are like going nowhere and they don't seem to know what they're doing or where the characters are going. It's like, it's like they've lost the map and they're just wandering aimlessly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I'm feeling about it right now. To end on a positive note, <laughs> it's time for our favorite scene or quote. Kayla, what was yours? You know, I did really appreciate the scene between Addison and Amelia specifically because I was really thinking back to the last time that they shared um, a scene. And I just thought about that private practice moment that was just so low and so hard. Um, So to see a kind of full circle growth experience to see Amelia, Amelia explaining that like, it doesn't have to be some sad story that I'm not with Link. um, I thought was just really nice. Like, I just thought that that was, um, it was just nice for Addison to witness it and for them to both kind of acknowledge like, wow, look how far we've come. What about you, Jasmine? I, I also liked the scenes with Addison that you talked about and then the one in the elevator, even though it was kind of hard to hear them over the music. Um, <laughs> but since you've already touched on that, I'll pick something else. Um, I'd say as a runner-up, I really enjoyed the scenes with Levi and Chi, the resident, um, where they pulled out that first procedure and then were given a second one. Or was it Chi? Was it, no, was it the guy from Pakistan? No, I can't remember. Whoever the resident he was working with, who had, yeah, no, I think it was the resident who was originally a doctor in Pakistan, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, because yeah, he said like he'd done this years ago and he was retraining. That was it. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, Levi's, I feel like, has really come into his own. 
And he's gone from this bumbling guy who dropped his glasses in the field to, you know, someone who can pull off two solo procedures in a day. And so I love that. And I also see that they're using, I also like that they're using, you know, that, that resident who's having to retrain, like it sucks. He's having to retrain, but they're not treating him like crap. They're not like, you go do Scott. They're like, no, you're already a doctor. It's not, it's like, it sucks that you have to retrain, but they're using him to his full capacity. And so, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed those, those scenes as well. Giuseppe, what about you? Well, my favorite scene was the end. Yeah, the marathonic uh, and uh, the marathonic scene. I, I mean, as I've already said. So yeah, that one. All right. Well, I, I think, I think we've done it. I think that's our show. Yeah, yeah, that's our show. So a big thank you to Kayla. Thank you, Kayla, for being on our show today. Thank you so much. It's great being here. Yeah, we love having you. Come back again soon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review, and tell your friends. Our theme song is inspired by Kevin McLeod. You can find us on Twitter at Dance It Out Pod and on Instagram at Dance It Out Grey's Anatomy. Until next time, I'm Giuseppe. And I'm Jasmine. And this is Dance It Out. A Grey's Anatomy podcast. Thank you.